Finds Depay. Memphis Depay. Goes for gold. Done just that, he scored! Juninho's done it! Oh, the stadium has erupted here. The relief is palpable all around. There's Nabil Fick here. Shoots and scores! Well, there's a finish in a half from Nabil Fick here to double the Leon lead two minutes before half time. And Manchester City in real trouble on the opening night of the Champions League. Oh, it's in again! It's Dembele again! And he's come off the bench to score twice! to the Football Well English podcast. I'm your host Liam and as always I'm joined by Tom. Tom, how are things with you? Well, I mean, things could definitely be worse. We're recording this uh, just after the PSG game. So, I mean, it's a much more positive time as much as we'll, we'll dissect the actual performance. A good result against Paris is always welcome. And any result, really, that's more than zero <laughs> points is positive these days. So, uh, we'll take that. I was just about to say three points feels like a rarity on this podcast. Um, and as always, I'm joined by Jonathan as well. How are things with you, Jonathan? Everything's great. Very exciting week ahead. You know, they got the great win and we got a huge match. One of the most exciting matches of the season coming up. So really exciting week for for the old fans. Exactly. Definitely. We'll be discussing that. Well, this week, obviously, as Tom touched upon, we've managed to get three points surprisingly against Paris Saint-Germain. All though considering Paris Saint-Germain's 2023 form, perhaps not unsurprisingly. Uh, they've been pretty poor. Um, and then, obviously, the Coupe de France semi-final is just around the corner on Wednesday against Nantes. Uh, we'll start with Paris, then. Seems a good place to start. Um, I'm just going to say one name and pass the question to you, Tom. Bradley Barcola. Bambi. Um, the great Bambi. I, you know what? Um, as I told Jonathan before the, the show, I was watching this with a, a very good friend of mine who hasn't watched um, Lyon in quite a long time and um, he was discovering Barcola uh, when he came on he also was discovering Amin Saab but I don't think that's um, that's saying much um, so when he came on obviously like 10 minutes into his his entrance he's got that great chance and stumbles over and for prime video we didn't get any replays for at least 15 minutes until we saw that he's lost his shoe um, and then we see exactly when he's supposed to put his foot down and try and, you know, swing himself around to get the shot off and he doesn't have a shoe left to, to put his studs into the ground and just goes flying. So at that time, it's still confirmed my theory that he is very Bambi-like, that his legs don't quite function perfectly and he's still growing into them. Um, I mean, I went through that phase as well. You know, growing really quickly doesn't isn't ideal. And especially if you're still growing at that age, then, you know, it, it's not great. So... 
But you know what? He, he stood up and he was like, you know what? I'm going to make a big performance tonight. I Not only did he run the channels, um, Laurent Blanc said this very well in the interview after the game with Thierry Henry on Prime that... Um, you know, there was a plan to, for the two strikers to run behind the, the wing-backs, Paris wing-backs. Uh, so Lacazette did it very well on the on the right side uh, with Batshebu. Uh, and then, obviously, on the other side, it's sort of chaos between Hakimi and uh, Danilo. So Barcola really went for it, and Hakimi just let him go in the box. And there was a great cross by Kumbedi, who also was terrific, both of them in L'Equipe's Team of the Week this week. And I think that says a lot. Um, it's not an easy finish. Um, and I definitely thought he was going to put it very, very, very wide. But uh, he definitely made Donnarumma look like a fool. So hats off to him. He keeps on running all the time. Um, I thought he was going to score another goal, at least. And he probably should have. Um, but, you know, you got to underline the great performance. He's shown great character after being benched in such a big game. You know, he's been one of the top performers in 2023. So you'd think he should be starting this one. I also believe that he was rested to start in the more important game in brackets against Nantes uh, on Wednesday. So good on him for, for getting in and, and showing his worth, really. Definitely. I think if you go on the basis of the game being changed, I think we did start pretty well with Sar on the pitch, but his entrance certainly added a bit more of a understanding, I think, in the forward line in terms of him, Lacazette and Shirky being able to play with each other and knowing each other's positions. It almost felt at times that it was a front three and Shirky was your false nine in terms of without the ball. Lacazette and Barcola were both very wide and they both seemed to execute that really well. But I'm just going to reel off some stats about him in recent, well, what he's achieved this season. So he's the youngest player in Europe this season to achieve 10 goals in 2020, um, 10 goal contributions in 2023. Um, he's got four goals in his last five away appearances and four goals and two assists in six appearances. Were you expecting this sort of form from Jonathan? I know we discussed about Toko Akambi leaving and him stepping into his shoes, but we couldn't have asked for anything better, right? No, Barcola is... is overachieving what anyone could have expected. I mean, and even his biggest supporters and the biggest uh, Toko detractors who wanted Barco to start years ago, we weren't expecting him to be so good statistically in terms of finishing and creating chances. We thought he was, uh, you know, more implicated than Toko Ikambi and would uh, help the team more. Um, and he had a more upside because we don't know how good he could be. But we didn't expect him at this age to be the second best forward on the team. You know, that's very surprising to be proving himself to be a legal starter. I mean, that is, is surprising. Uh, we didn't expect that. And no one expected that if you followed him for the last, you know, five years of his career. Anyone who follows the youth squads of Lyon, they weren't thinking he'd be the starter of Lyon uh, uh, on the top team one day. We thought he'd be a good player with some minutes, you know, like his brothers who are in the team who are never really going to make it to the top level probably. Um, but he's really been... Superb, really amazing. And what's amazing about Barcola is how he still has so much upside. He's not even close to how good he's going to be. He, like you know, like Tom said, he's so light on his feet still. He needs to get stronger. Um, he still can improve his heading. I mean, he's a tall person. He could become a good heading header. Um, so he, he has a lot of room to get better. And uh, it's already surprising that he's having such a good second half of the season. And, and 
uh, we just you just mentioned what I was thinking, but the best move Lyon has made this in the winter uh, was loan out Toko to let Barcola. That's that's worth a good transfer. You have to give you know props when people make good moves. That was a good move. Giving him a starting position, whether it was intended or not. I know Toko can be wanted to leave because of the booze, but that really was the best recruit we've had. And um, I'm just excited because this whole second half of the season, like we've talked about in the podcast before, is just about let's see which players are going to be good for the future, which players are making it and which ones don't. Kumbedi is a huge revelation, and I'm glad, you know, great, great revelation. And then Diomande played really well last night, but we're still... It was still weird to have to play on the right back so often. I'm not still not sure if Diomande is going to be the starter for Lyon going forward or if we can improve on that position with another player. Um, we didn't see Elarouche yet, which is of course, disappointing to all of us, but Barcola has really shown he is the one for next season. It would be really disappointing to get a new player to take his spot. He deserves, he's, he deserves a chance to have a full season now as a starter and see where that goes. For sure. I think when you look at the team moving forward, Lacazette's not the youngest in terms of profile. Obviously, he's a leader. They've offered him a contract until 2025. So you see, you expect him to stick around from that. But to be able to have someone who's, I think he's 20, 19 or 20, to step into that space and contribute in the way he is in terms of in the most, if you go over the last five or six games, he's been the team's main goal source is good and it's even better that he's coming from the academy. Speaking about young players and the whole performance, Tom, uh, Jonathan mentioned there, Coombe Birdie. Um, I thought Le- Lupino and Mendes probably seemed like the wrong midfield to go with from the start, but surprisingly it actually worked. Shirky wasn't at his electrifying best, but still had good moments in the game. Um, as an all-round combined performance, particularly with young players thriving, um, surely we can't expect much better than that, especially against the league's best opposition. I think we have to underline the fact that Tago Mendes' two best games in the OL shirt have come against PSG. Um, was it two years ago or one year ago? The one where we yeah, won at the Parc de France? It was the season Lille won the league. Yeah. Okay, so two years ago with Paqueta in front of him and he was just absolutely superb. I don't think he quite matched that level uh, last night, but he was still very good. Finished the game at right back um, because at first I was like, okay, we're just going with a flat four at the back. Jumonde's sliding over to right back. I don't think it's the best idea. We've seen how Mbappe on the end of a game can usually just step his game up and just fly past players. Um, Tago Mendes was having none of it. I mean, even the, the weirdest of fouls, the one where he just froze... Uh, was it Garby or someone else at the touchline, like right in the corner flag, which is completely useless. But I thought it was just like, you know what, guys? For once that I'm playing, I'm going to show that I'm here. Um, I might get sent off for this, but I don't, I don't give a shit, really. <laughs> he just went for it. Um, he was obviously like, as much as I, and now we will continue to underline how great the performance was, um, Jonathan and I said this before the podcast defensively Blanc has really improved this team um, not just on Bosch uh, but also with Rudy Garcia and even Silvino to an extent um, not that most of those managers were very good defensively minded coaches especially Bosch but there was uh, a defensive solidity that I haven't seen in such a long time with Lyon 
Now, we're not attacking as much as we used to and we're maybe less chaotic. Um, but defensively, it's hard to do much better than that. So when we've got Kumbedi, who's also really good going forward. Um, and to an extent, Tyler Fico is still somewhat contributing. I think he could have scored the rebound of the penalty, probably should have. Um, but again, pretty decent performance, taking into account that Hakimi didn't show anything on that side. But we didn't see Messi either, as much as Sofa Score wants to put him in the team of the week. Um, you know, it's <laughs> somehow we didn't see Messi all game, lost 25 ball. Uh, you know, it's just, it's ridiculous. Anyway, um, I think overall there's not much more we can do. And the fact that game management was good as well, like we've we've said this a lot about PSG when they brought on the youngsters against Bayern and like Bayern bringing on um, Nabri and Sane. The fact that we brought on Kakre, Tolisso, uh, Awar, and Musa Timberland Dembele, um, as much as the latter two weren't amazing, I mean, Awar had a great dribble, but that's about it. Um, the fact that we can bring in players like Kakre and Tolisso to manage the game at the end, especially Tolisso, was fantastic. So, game from start to finish, I mean, we, we probably should have scored a penalty, we probably should have conceded a penalty. I think we can all agree on on the fact that Lovren was definitely handballing that one. Um, there's not much more to say. Like we we could have created more and we could have scored more, but realistically, we wanted the three points. And as soon as we'd scored, like there's not really a reason to go flying out of the blocks. No, I don't. As you just put it, I don't think we could ask for much more. You can say in terms of the penalty miss. I wouldn't have imagined Lacazette was going to miss that in a million years. It felt, you know, he'd sent Donnarumma the wrong way and then it felt like, you know, he'd, he'd changed the side he was going to based on the side he'd saw Donnarumma going and then he hit the post, as you say. Telefico could probably put the rebound in instead of skying it over. But in terms of a performance, in my eyes, that's probably one of the best we've produced this season. In terms of giving... Blow some credit then, Jonathan. I know we've been possibly somewhat critical of um, some of his decision-making at times, but as Tom's just said, defensively, Leon haven't looked much better than they are at the moment. Um, I think Lovren's got a big part to play in that as well, but in terms of his tactical decision-making for this game, we can't criticise him at all. If anything, we've got to give him heaps of praise. Right, I mean, on this performance in itself, um, it was good defensively. Like, like Tom said, we have a unit now. Seems like the players who are there want to play together. They want to play hard. You, you, you know, that's the the first step a coach should do is, is have defensive solidity and have a team that wants to play together and, and show fight. And so they've done that, and that's been really good for Lyon. Um, but the, you know, that being said, that's the minimum thing a coach should do, and he's changed very often between. Five back, four back, Jumande on the right. He made poor choices. You know, Jumande, the right back for many games, was a weird choice with Kumbedi there. Now we see Kumbedi, how prepared he is. He is ready to play for Ligue 1. So that was kind of uh, you know, disappointing to me over the year, time. And, and and I think Lovren, like you mentioned, he he might be the, the reason the defense is so good. I mean, he has changed everything since he's come in. And you know, Blanc was coach before Lovren, and it wasn't a solid defense. So... It's hard to know who gets the credit and what, but truth is we have a solid defense now. It's working. 
that back four, I think it should be back four of, uh, you know, Lukeba, Lovren, Kumbedi, and, and Tegdefico is a good back four. He just seems to get, you know. And, and a lot of Blanc, no, it's weird because sometimes you have to separate what Blanc says and what he's doing, right? He says a lot of stuff that I don't like. His personality is kind of soft. He criticizes um, young players sometimes, and that upsets us. But the truth is he's played a ton of young players, a lot. And I don't know if it's because he has no choice or because maybe they're better. But on the on the pitch, he has given young players a chance. We're a really young team, and it's it's working. It's an exciting. I mean, as a, as a fan of Lyon for you know twenty plus years, this is a fun end of the season to see young players, to see the energy. I like it. I like it. I don't I don't hate the team right now. They don't. They're not players that I'm talking trash about when I'm watching the game. And uh, that's that's Blanc deserves some credit for there. I still don't think personally. That he's the man moving forward long term, as Ola says, that he wants to build long term with him. I don't think he's the right man, but you know, give credit where credit is due. The team looks good now. He played the game plan that everyone does against PSG. You play solid defense, you counter them, and then you know, take the depth because their defense is awful. They have very low energy in the midfield, and that's what Lyon did. They did they did the thing that everyone else is doing, and it worked. Um, because Lyon has technical ability, they have some good players, and they pulled it off. But I still am very Concerned at the lack of uh, of creation, um, the you know the, the way he plays midfield, he always puts very defensive midfielders. You know, if it weren't for Shirky having a great game, you know that that's the only reason you don't can can win is if Lacazette scores or Shirky is very good or Barcola does something special. There's not much, um, there's not enough offensive players to do something, you know, to possess the ball and to t- dominate a game. Blanc hasn't dominated a game since he's been coach. There's been no game where we've had possession, you know. Bosch, I didn't like Bosch either, but Bosch had a certain amount of games where he completely dominated from the beginning to the end, and it was like a steamroll the other team. You know, think about the games in Nice and stuff like that. But Long has a none. He's had no games where we've dominated everyone, and that kind of um, scares me. Against the, you know, when we preview this game against Nantes, I'm, I'm, I think we are, we are in reaction and we're not an attacking team, and it scares me. But let, let's just see what happens. Yeah, we'll touch on the. The setup, tactical direction, what we do, what we think Blanc will do ahead of the um, ahead of the Coupe de France semi final against Nantes. Before we move on to that part, Tom, just to flip the coin and play devil's advocate, I mentioned at the top of the show, Paris have been, to put it quite simply, abysmal since the start of the World Cup. They've lost eight games. Um, since then, that's their worst start to a calendar year since 2001. Um, obviously, Neymar's injured. There's lots of comments regarding whether Campos is going to stay, is Gaultier going to leave, etc. Do you think that had a part to play in the game, or was it more of Lyon were really good and Paris were just really shit, or do you think it's somewhere in between? I mean, this is not a, necessarily a, a general Ligue 1 podcast, but I think for the well-being of Ligue 1, Luis Campos needs to get away from here. Like, really, he needs to stay away from pitch side and stop. I mean, again, I I think we can all agree that it was a penalty, but it's not by screaming at refs and using the power of Qatar and the wrath of the gods on refereeing that's going to get you any further. You know that the mistakes are done up there and the management and that Gaultier has made poor choices but look at the team he's got uh, if he continues believing that playing young players is an issue 
then he should start looking at the teams he's playing and the ones he's losing against. Whether it's the Lyon squad, whether it's the Rennes squad last time out. Uh, I can't remember exactly all the defeats they've had, but a lot of them have been due to um, really good youth on the other side. Um, you know, even the, the difficult games where you won at the end, I'm thinking to Montpellier where Zaya Emery scored his first goal. Most of the very good players at Montpellier are youth. And the one who saved him was Zaya Emery, who is definitely a very young and promising talent. So when the approach isn't good, when you rely so much on the, the glitter and the gold, which looks more and more like dust and crumble these days, um, it's, it's, you've got to feel for some of those PSG fans who've been there for, for over 20 years. Uh, well, over longer than the uh, Qatar have been around. You know, you look at the celebrations after the game. I felt so, I mean, obviously I'm really happy for the victory, but there was a part of me that was, was really sad for them. You know, just celebrating the 15th anniversary, the display was superb as much as, you know, you'll have the ambivalence of Ligue 1 saying, oh, we'll put them on on placards and use the pictures and the videos of the, the, the pyrotechnics and then give them five-game ban. Um, it was still amazing to watch. And you've got to feel for those fans who, who rock up every week, um, even the ones who were sent away from the stands and had to go and support the, the women's team and, and, and Paris FC and all that stuff because they were extradited from the stadium. But in the end, they're not showing anything. The, the reliability of Mbappe isn't going to work every week. Uh, you can't just say, give him the ball and he'll run and score with it. Some weeks it works. A lot of weeks it works. It works very well for France. Some weeks it doesn't. I mean, Mbappe against Ireland was terrible. And he showed that if you man-mark him with someone who's really physical, like Joe Monday, he's not going to like it. And... If you don't rely on him, then who are you going to rely on? The fact that everyone says that it's the issue is the front three, then you take one out, then it should be better. No, it's worse because Messi is is not doing anything. So I'm not just going to have a go at PSG for the whole thing. But yes, obviously, our victory last night is not tarnished, but you have to take the step back to say it was a really poor position on the other side. And I'm sure that... Um, the likes of Auxerre and other teams who've beaten us this year will say, yeah, okay, we bought, we, we won against OL in, in Lyon. And 10 years ago, when we were in the second division, we would have never imagined winning against uh, the league champions. But today, Lyon are nothing like they were before. And Paris is nothing like the PSG that Laurent Blanc had uh, 10 years ago. So... Yeah, it's, it's a shame because this type of game is usually the biggest game of the season, uh, whether it's for Paris or for Lyon. Um, you know, Paris play very well against the Marseille, but that's usually a one-sided game. The biggest games of the last 10 years have been against Lyon, usually, in terms of spectacle. And last night was not that, especially with, with the level that was shown. So, yes... I, I appreciate that it's a great game and a great victory for us, but you've got to take into account the the poor performance on the other side. No, I'd agree. I think, you know, whenever one team is, you know, brilliant and being sung in the praises of the media, it's always, there's always something on the other side where you've got to say the other team was 
somewhat below par to allow the other team to play so well. It's always one's cause and effects of the other rather than one team played brilliantly and the other team just couldn't do anything about it. I mean, I wouldn't describe our performance as brilliant. I'd describe it as quite dogged and resilient at times. I do, there were times, particularly in the first 15 minutes, where we did have to weather some sort of threat. Mbappe and Messi looked quite lively in the opening stages, but having weathered that storm, I think we managed the game quite well. Moving that argument then into what I think we'll all agree is the biggest game of the season so far. I'm not going to use the summarised description of big games and Leon because it always seems to jinx us, but I think you know what I'm talking about. Um, how do we how do we approach this game then, Jonathan? Do we you know do we create so much pressure on it like we have done in the past and it's seen as fail, or do we just treat it as it's a cup semi final? We don't think about getting any further than the game in front of us. We've got to beat Nord before we can even start thinking about the stud force. I mean, of course, it's always good practice to only think of the match at hand, not think of the future, not think of winning the tournament. You know, this is a huge match. We treat it like a final. Every player needs to go all in and, and do everything they can to win every ball and, and fight as if it's the last game. And, and you know, it, it, our whole season hinges on this. It's a huge match. Um, and I think the match against PSG was a great uh, preparation for it, just to show the defensive solidity we're going to need against Nantes. And we're going to have to be uh, aggressive and, and not allow them to score. And, you know, it's a cup game, which is different than league league game because you can finish with a draw and that's okay. Of course, you don't want to go to penalties, but you don't lose if you don't uh, concede a goal. And that's a big thing in the cup. And, and you know, in Lyon, you're supposed to try to score because you have to get points. You know, draws are not good for the standings. But in, in cup, the main goal is just do not concede and be solid. We're on the road. Nantes is going to be a very exciting atmosphere. They're going for back-to-back finals. They've been there last year. They're going to feel good as well. You know, they also their whole season is on this. Um, they had an amazing season as an old fan. You know, the European matches were were glorious. A great fan base. So it's going to be a very hard game. Very hard game. And I was hoping you know can step up and do what it takes. Um, show the same kind of of, of motivation as against against Paris. And then you know, the second one, Tom said, the the match against PSG was usually in the past. You know. To me, it was the highlight of the season. Playing PSG was always a really great moment. And I enjoyed every minute of the match. And I was glued to the TV and I was yelling. And I was, you know, the the, t- the clock was ticking down. And I was like, okay, we can hold on. We can do this. And we never held on. We always conceded. And we always, you know, most of the time. And But this game, I just didn't feel the same way about it. And that just could be just me or other people feel the same way. But I just didn't feel like it was that important. And I felt like the, the team we were playing was not... It was the upset that I felt the other years. The other years we were beating them or, or competing with them, I thought, wow, I'm really proud of Lyon. We're really competing with this really impressive team. But yesterday, it just felt like we're competing with a team that is not even interested in playing. And so, I don't know. Of course, the win is good. We PSG is very good you know, for the brand. People who don't only watch score lines or only watch this match or highlights, they'll think Lyon was a really good team, which is good for the brand. But... Overall, it was not a very high-level game. If you watch other games before, if you watch Manchester, you know, uh, Manchester City match uh, against Liverpool, or you, know, or you watch a Classicer, it's a completely different level of, of football. And so, you know, that being said, well, we can't, we're, in the, we're in the French League. It is what it is, and we got to win this against Nantes. It doesn't take 
amazing football to beat Nantes. It just takes uh, solid defense and let our creative players score. And I hope everyone's healthy. Looks like there's no bruises and Ante Lopez is back, which is good. If there's a penalty session, I feel better with him than Remyu. And so let's just uh, let's hope we can do it. Uh, you know, I think it's gonna be Barcola, Cherki, Lacazette up front. It's gonna be the same. Uh, you know, Toliso likely Toliso. I think that he saved him for that match because he can't play back to back. So it's gonna be a, a Toliso with uh, a Cacré, and then it's gonna be the back four we just had. And let's hope it works out. You know. I heard that Gusto is also in the group, but I don't think he's going to be part of this game. And that would be a mistake to play him with so little uh, past playing time. I agree. I think he struggles to get back into the team as well with the way Converted is playing as well. I don't think it's a... In the past, it would have been a pretty straightforward argument that Gusto is the more experienced right back. Um, Chelsea, whatever. I think Converted at the moment is playing himself into contention to start pretty much every game. So... Uh, Gusto being back is a bonus if anything was to ever happen to Kumbiri you've got a experience right back there who's probably nearing or touching 100 appearances for Leon. but Kumbiri's playing brilliantly at the moment to talk about I guess the occasion of going to the Stade Le Bourgeois Tom obviously Jonathan discussed it there saying you know they've had European nights there I'm thinking about the game I think it was one one they drew away with Juve, but even still, they've got the they've got the element of being able to go toe to toe. Juve aren't the powers that be when they were reaching Champions League finals four and five years ago, but even still, they're a household name in European football, and you know to be able to match that away from home, they've shown they've got a mentality. Despite being, I think the fourteenth or fifteenth, they're not out of the relegation conversation as it stands. Um, in the table, they've got the ability for one-off matches to step up and again, they've got that experience of going to the cup final and winning last year. The same manager under Kumbare as well, who needs to be given a lot of credit. Do you think they're probably in a better position than we are based on their knockout football experience over the last couple of years to reach a final? I think there was a, there was a great... Um... For once, I listened to the Afterfoot Lyon podcast uh, from RMC on Friday. And there was a whole debate about whether to uh, play the first team uh, against PSG because obviously the biggest game was against um, Nantes this week. Um, but after an international break, even though some of players, a lot of our starters were actually playing on, on youth international duty, um, a lot of them need to get back into the rhythm, Lacazette especially, seeing he's only he's not played very much in March. So there was in terms of, of management. And um, so I think that the PSG game was great preparation when you know that all three of the other semi-finalists lost and quite heavily lost. I mean, Ansi lost 4-0 to Nîmes. Uh, Toulouse lost by three goals, I think. Um, and not definitely lost as well. So... All three come in to their semi-finals with very poor confidence. Um, as much as we we know that Laurent Blanc is probably going to take a step back and say, "Oh, okay, we played against a pretty shit team, and we we weren't great, uh, and and that we could have done better." It's always better to win in preparation. Like mentally, you recover better. Scientifically proven. Um, so. In terms of going into the game, taking away the history, I think we're well, far better prepared and a better team, let's be honest. 
um, as much as the, the recent draw showed a pretty balanced and not necessarily a balance as in two very good teams, as in pretty average teams uh, at the start of or the end of February. Um, uh, end of March, sorry. Um, so, yeah, obviously recent cup history is in favour of not. They, they've obviously won the cup recently. They, they went through. Uh, I don't know if do you consider the, the the group stage of a Europa League as, as a cup competition because it's not a one-off? I don't know, but it does count as as comp- competition, I guess. And it's it's their their first game against Juventus was superb, um, and I don't think Lyon could have done that. They could have done three years ago, as we showed in the final eight. But um, yeah, I guess they they've kept the same similar players, the same manager. Um, so I guess the structure is there, the blueprint is there for <clears throat> a good run. Uh, and big matches not are usually there, just like Lyon, I guess. So I'm expecting something pretty even, um, where either team could come out. And as Jonathan said, I'd rather have Anthony Lopez in goal for for penalty shootout. Even better would have been Polisbeck, as we as we know. But um, <laughs> that's specifically for a penalty shootout, not for uh, anything else. Um, you got to underline another great performance by Anthony Lopez. I think there's one or two saves that he that were really important, especially that first. Well, it wasn't a save, but him coming out into Mbappe's feet at the start of the game was really important. Um, so I told my friend at the start of the game we're going to have a crunch tackle from Lovren and probably Lopez going straight through a player at some point in this game. We got neither, which shows that we were in control, I guess, for most of the game. Um, so. I don't know. This is um, a game that we have to prepare, as you said, as just that game, not think about a potential final against local rivals or local adversary uh, with with Ansi or Toulouse. We don't care about that. We don't care about playing a final against Van den Boom and being potentially our next player at the sign. We want to focus on not getting to a final. Um, we haven't played a final in three years. Uh, so that would be a good start. If we lose in the final, that's that's awful. But uh, let's try and get there first before putting our our hopes up for for a cup and that therefore Europe. Definitely, we can't be counting our chickens before they've even hatched, especially in. That's what I was looking for. The expression <laughs> you yeah. always got first. Yeah, I think that's the um, the British inside me. <laughs> but either way, it's. Um, it's difficult to con- quantify what success in any other competition besides the Coupe de France is. That's why people are looking ahead to the final because there isn't any success to quantify in Liga in this season. We're 15 points from the podium. I don't know how many we are from Europe, but let's be realistic. Europe is a pipe dream in the league, so everything does pin on this, but it's important to stay measured in terms of thinking, oh, because we're playing Nor who aren't, as you said, from the game we played with them just two and a half weeks ago, was it was pretty dire from both teams, I'm not going to lie. It made, for, it made for painful watching, especially they didn't score a goal. We somehow made a calamitous error with the Luke Baron goal, but even still, it's, it's important to just temper expectations a little bit. Moving into, I guess, the 
tactical equation of the game, we've seen from recent memory that Nantes aren't necessarily the most expansive team, Jonathan, and can be very similar to the way we played against Paris, against a team who are probably going to have more of the ball in Lyon, will sit quite deep and look to counter with pace with players like Simon. How do you see Lyon setting up and trying to counteract that? Do you see a very similar way to the way we played against Paris, formation-wise, meaning not in terms of style, or do you see us going back to the four at the back? I think it's going to be four in the back. Um, I think it's going to be four in the back with uh, four, you know, three midfielders, three forwards, um, you know, Sharky at the 10 roll, I hope, and not Sharky on the wing would be good. Um, but, you know, honestly, I, I don't really think that that matters much in a cup game, the tactical part and exactly um, what lineup we have. It's more of, uh, you know, a cup games and, and finals are based on intensity. They're based on taking advantage of your moments, your key moments. Nalt is really good at that. You know, they're going to have their chances because they have good counter players and it's going to be about well, Lyon to win those key moments and to win those duels and to, Lacazette is going to be playing and, and, and we need him to step up. And um, I hope that, you know, Blanc doesn't make any massive tactical mistakes. Like putting Jumont in the right would be a massive mistake, I think. Um, and I think playing Shirker in the wing is also a poor mistake. It doesn't use its ability. So we'll see what he does. Um, let's hope there's no surprises, nothing really weird. Um, I hope it's not Thiago Mendes, even though the game Thiago Mendes, Le Penal together. I think that's too defensive. And I think we're still, you know, we're still expected to to be the attacking team when we play Nantes. And we can't, I, I worry it's going to be a game where both sides are scared and both guys a uh, very poor technical ability. We just uh, pass the ball very few times before losing it, back and forth, back and forth, and we're just scared of, of losing. And, and I hope that Lyon can just take advantage of the situation, score a goal early and, and, and change the game that way. But. No, I'm scared of, of Nantes. I'm scared of Palois. I'm scared of that team that is just, um, you know, they just step up in the big games. And uh, it's an away game. That's a big thing to, for, to you know, remember. It's home advantage does does do something. And they have home field. Um, and let's hope that Barcola's hot and, and we can do something about it. I just, uh, we'll see what choices Blanc makes. You know, and, and Kumbedi, like you mentioned before, is a big decision. I, I don't know if it's a given that Kumbedi is going to start. I just read that they're going to extend Goubendi until uh, 2027. But I don't know if Blanc is thinking I'm going to put him in a big match. I'm thinking he could play, uh, you know, Jumande again. So I don't know what we're going to see. Um, but let's hope for the best and let's hope that uh, the players show us, um, you know, the true Lyon. Because I, I'm as a supporter, I'm really looking forward to this. And I can say this is... Winning a trophy is never taken for granted. It's pretty massive for us. And I really think that you know, I want all supporters to be behind this. Even if you criticize Olas like I do all the time and everything, this is this is a real opportunity for us to win a trophy. And so um, I really hope the team is, is going to show up. Yeah, definitely. You can look at the outside influence or inside influences in the case of Olas and the criticism that him, the future of the sporting direction of the club with the new owners, who's going to be the sporting director, etc. That's all in the future. Here and now is really dependent on this game. And it's something we as fans can be very 
I don't want to sound like I'm slagging off the fan base, but can be very negative ahead of games like this. You look at a game like Paris where we've played brilliantly and then I'm seeing people on Twitter saying we'll play like this against Paris and then play terribly against Norse. Why do we have to play terribly against Norse? If people, if you foster neg- negativity, it trickles down. So I think it's very important to be, you know, positive and optimistic about, you know, the opportunity that sits in front of us. We're not in the final four with Paris Saint-Germain, OM and Rem, and easily the weakest team in the final four. You know, we're, we're possibly, I'm not going to say we're the strongest based on where we are as a football club, but in terms of stature and quality on the pitch, we are the strongest in terms of the players available to us. So um, there's no reason not to be positive. And when you are preparing for a game like that with three points against Paris, um, I don't really think we are in a better place to be going into a coup before semi-final, whether that be away at Norts or whether that would be at home at the Group Armour. Um, I'm I'm really confident ahead of the game. Um, in terms of rather than the sense of tactical setup, Tom, how are you? How are you feeling about the game? How do you see it going? Um, keep your predictions dry yet, but how are you feeling ahead of such a big game that really pinpoints our season? Well, until Jonathan mentioned him, I'd completely forgotten about the man, the myth, the legend that is Nicola Palo at the back, uh, which could be a real menace for, for Lacazette if he gets man-marked, um, which, as we know, if we man-mark Lacazette and he gets completely taken out of the game, then it's really difficult for L to create anything. Um, but we also know that a cup competition game against Nantes usually does bring out the best of Ryan Shirky. Um, let's not forget that that famous game three years ago. So I'm not expecting another double goal, double assist from him. Uh, one of each or even one would be good, seeing his dry spell at the moment. Um, so I, I'm expecting something very closed um, that, you know, we, we did see a sort of preview of it three weeks ago, um, which was far from being entertaining, as you said. Um, so hopefully the, the cup does bring out something a bit more exciting. Um, I'm, I'm cancelling plans to be able to be in front of my TV for what is potentially the biggest game of our season. So let's not let it be something disappointing again. Um, I'm expecting... You know, if I had to bet, which I never do and never incite people to do, it'd be under three goals. Let's put it that way. Um, so, and and probably extra time. So let's put it that way. Um, it's not going to be a, a tremendous game, but it'll be a game where both goalkeepers got to stand out and there are very good keepers on either end. And I'm just slightly worried that if we go to penalties, Albon Lafont is going to be really good. Um, so let's let's not go out on penalties. Uh, I don't want to, <laughs> that to happen again. And um, let's just get the win, really. Um, I'm, I'm sure the La Bourgeois is going to be really heated and and probably one of the, the best atmospheres we'll be t- going to the whole season. I haven't read anywhere that OL aren't allowed to go, but I could be wrong. Uh, I, I seem to remember fans being allowed to go. Um, so hopefully we get a bit of support there. I seem to, I think everyone was in agreement last night to say that 
Lyon supporters were shouting ole uh, for a good spell of five to ten minutes when we were passing the ball around, which when one of the cops is celebrating 15-year anniversary at the Balte Pass is quite um, quite something. Um, but if we can get that kind of support or the same support that we got in London for the the Londoners from the Londoners for the Lyon Chelsea game last week um, in in the Women's Champions League, anything of that sort will definitely help the players uh, to rally on and get us to win. Hopefully, yeah, that's the most important thing. I really don't care how we do it, as you say. If it's penalties, if it's an own goal in the same way that Luke Haver scored an own goal in there preview if you want to call it the the league game um, anything really it's just about going through uh what about you jonathan how do you see the game going and if you want stick your prediction in yeah i see a tight tight game i see penalty kicks i see low scoring game obviously uh one one sounds pretty good to me um zero zero or one one i'd like to see a one one hopefully um and i, I think the uh, lacazette will be a key player He's the one you brought in for this kind of moment. Um, and I hope Anthony Lopez has studied his penalty kicks and doesn't think it's a lottery. I think he, hopefully he's uh, been training. And I hope, I mean, Blanc is not someone I'd like. I feel like Blanc is, is kind of lottery side where he thinks it's uh, penalty kicks aren't something you practice. But I really hope that um, they're practicing that today, tomorrow, because that could be the game changer for, for the, the final Um and yeah, I, I think Tom said I agree with. I'm scared of Lafon. I'm scared of Balois. You know, it's sad to say that we're scared because in a good year, this is a huge, you know, really good draw. Um, we'd be the massive favorites of the tournament. But truth is, we're a middle mid table club, and they're a mid table club a little bit behind us. But you know, they had a European games to to focus on as well. So we're both mid club mid table clubs fighting for this this spot, and um, it's going to be a dog fight. And I really hope that. Um, really hope that we can step up. But that uh, prediction, 1-1, one, one, penalty kicks, we do advance to the final. That's what I really am I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for really, I want to feel emotions. I want to I want to yell at my TV. And I'm really excited for that because I haven't felt that way about Lyon in, in a while where I'm kind of losing my mind at the TV. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. I don't think since possibly... West Ham in the Europa League, I've felt that way probably in terms of more anger shouting at the TV, but you know, when you've been really riled up for a game and think, wow, this is massive, this takes us what two games away from a European final. And you know, I'm not going to foster negativity as I've just spoken about not saying, but it didn't go the way we would have hoped or thought against West Ham. Um, but yeah, being able to sit there and watch a game that has massive, you know, is paramount in terms of our season feels really good again. Uh, going back to you, Tom, um, what's your prediction for the game? You've told us how you think the game will pan out, but who goes through and in what method? Um, to say something different to Jonathan, I'm going to go 2-1 in extra time for Lyon. Um, I'm also expecting the one all in in the, the regular time in 90 minutes. So I'll, I'll say we score a, an extra time late winner. But if we are to live again, uh, I put it in the chat uh, just now. If we are to live again another experience like we had with Besiktas in 2017 Europa League, we've gone on sending us through to the, the, the semi-finals, then I'll take that. I mean, the the atmosphere is obviously not quite the same between Turkish 
stadiums and and not, but it'll be riled up against us and against not all odds because Nantes and Lyon, I guess, are supposed to be on a similar level now. Um, but if we are to go to right to the death and have Maxence Cacre just smash into the top corner, then yeah, I'll take that, you know. Um, or Anthony Lopez, just for the just for the sake of it, let's go right to the end of of eleven spot kicks and have Anthony Lopez just smash it in, um, and hopefully save us one or two penalties by then. Because <laughs> if we score all eleven, that's quite worrying for goalkeepers as well. Um, so yeah, it'll be it'll be a tight game, but uh, yeah, hopefully we make it to the final. I like how you've prophesied that a goalkeeper's going to score the winning penalty. Let's hope it's not a Villarreal, uh, Manchester United sort of situation. That's the last thing You had to want. bring that one up. You had to. <laughs> let's, let's avoid that at all costs. Going on my uh, predictions, I think we're winning 90 minutes. I'm going to say 2-1. Um, Bradley Barcola to score the winner, of course. Um Hopefully, we do have a final to talk about. Otherwise, the rest of the podcast for the rest of this season will be, um, well, not to say meaningless, but it won't be. It won't be the same without having that final to look forward to at the end of the season. If we if we can touch there, but as I've reaffirmed on this, we've got to get there first. So, um, obviously, we want everyone wish everyone the best of luck. Probably not because they're listening, but. Just in terms of support, we we feel this is the biggest game of the season and hope they're aware that this is the biggest game of the season and what all fans are putting their hopes on. Um, thanks as always for listening. Hopefully we have good news next time we record and we can debrief um, a cup final ahead of us, but um, let's not kind of kick chickens until they've hatched. Um, thanks as always for listening and we'll catch you on the next one. Cheers, guys. Bye.